Welcome to Kamenicast. I'm Tandy. And I'm Erin. Sorry, I just forgot my name for a second there. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast. Yes, in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 11, the title of which is Nobody Knows, or if you are in France, the title is Silence and Secrets. Silent. Silent and Secrets? Yeah. Or if you are in Germany, it is just called Czechs. Uh, Our IMDb user synopsis is... Simon is deeply hurt because Pa didn't tell him his girlfriend, Dina, behaved so moodily because of her annual leukemia checkup, yet handles her admirably. Matt discovers Aunt Julie has moved in town and taken a teaching job. She rudely keeps him and later brother Eric at arm's length, resenting obvious concerns for her alcoholism problem. Fake Tears' success on the DMV examiner's success inspires Mary to abuse crying regularly <laughs> to nobody's ultimate profit. Wow. Is that the... Is that it? That's it. <laughs> okay. Well. That's about everything that happened. Yeah. End of episode. That was great. Um, I guess... I, I don't know why this happens, but I feel like Seventh Heaven kind of groups. It's like bad or almost like filler episodes... Together, like in sweeps. <laughs> yeah, but like together. So like, last episode was shitty, and this episode's not that great either. So I think it's also like the playful ones and like the lighthearted. Like they they mix they mix up like the serious ones and like the lighthearted ones. I guess so. Like this was supposed to be a serious one, but I would say the one before was like lighthearted and didn't really address anything. But they both sucked. Well, anyway, the beginning of season three was so strong, yes. and now we're here. Um, but these are just two almost episodes. Almost mid-season, yeah. Hopefully hopefully, the next episode will kick back up again. Hopefully. Um, all, but so. let's focus on Nobody Knows first. Um, so in the cold open, we are starting at the DMV. Yes. Um, apparently a dreaded place for people. I've never had, like, horrible DMV experiences, so whatever. No, neither have I. I mean, you just you do you the thing. You wait online and you do the thing. You can also, most of the stuff you have to do, you can usually do, like, online now or mail it in. So, anyway. Um, and Mary is there, and she is preparing to take her road test. Um, so, um, just, like, an aside, while this is, like, when Mary's, like, getting ready, Annie's like, I have to go to the payphone and make a call to your father, in which... She is just like... Phone sex. Yeah, because she's like, okay, and tonight I'll set all the clocks in the house ahead an hour so we can tell all the kids to go to bed so like we can have sex at 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock instead of 9. Except throughout this episode, the word sex is not said. Everything is like a euphemism. Um, he's like, I, it's like, she's like, maybe you can come home and take a nap. And he's like... I don't want to nap with you. you. I'm too tired to nap with you. Um, and then... He's like, I have to go meet someone at the pool hall, and Annie's like, hopefully it's not a beautiful girl or whatever. And this is weird when you find out who it is, but the Rev is like, yes, it, it is, is a beautiful girl, but she has a problem, and he's, she's like, oh, I'm jealous, but like, okay, <laughs> basically in this Annie's entire storyline, let's just is like, really, it's just for this one day. Yeah, it, the, I think this takes place over like. Two days, I would say, this I'd episode. Say, I'd say, like, he references that, like, it, she was like this the day before. So I think, like, for a couple, a few days, she, um, her pregnancy has made her... Very amorous, was what they said. Yes, but um, she's just horny, guys. She just wants the sex. So while that's going on, Mary and Lucy are over at the car waiting for 
the driver's the, the license exa the examiner the DMV examiner guy to come over and they're talking about how uh, Mary doesn't know how to parallel park and she's like I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm not gonna get my um, license. license and she's like what would you do Lucy <laughs> Lucy says I cry and Mary's like Mary's like oh no I meant what would what should I do in this situation and she's like cry buckets. So, so the driving test does that take place in the cold open? Yeah, it yeah, does. I think that's the entire cold open. Yeah. It's just this driving exam. Oh wait, no, I know um, how it ends. Yeah, All same. Right. I just remembered also. Yeah. So the driving test test takes place. We see that she's doing really well, um, and then it's time to parallel park. And as soon as she goes to parallel park, she fucks it up big time. She knocks. Yeah, they have like cones up that she needs to park in between. She knocks them all over, and then she immediately starts bawling. And she's like, I just put so much pressure on myself to be good at basketball and school, and I can't be good at everything. Can I? And then she's like, can I? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, well, we find out later on she, she gets her license because this guy apparently Feels sorry it. for yeah. her. But um, the last thing in the cold open is Matt taking a new route to school or from school, and... Um, he sees, like, a woman in the distance. Yeah, we can't really tell who it is, but he immediately, like, sticks his head out the window. And he's like, Julie? Aunt Julie? But and she's, like, running. Yeah, and she runs into the Apollo Hotel, I think is the name of the establishment. Um, so, apparently, Aunt Julie is back on the West Coast. But acting weird and running away from her family. So, anyway, that's the cold open. I think from here we're going to take it. Storyline by storyline by storyline. So let's uh, pick up where Mary left off. Um, Mary, as Aaron said, has gotten her license due to her fake crying ways, um, and is not at all happy about this. Uh, I mean, well, the whole family is kind of skeptical because yes. they all know that um, she, like, going into the test, she she wasn't ready to. Uh, to, pep, to be able to parallel park. Um, so they're all kind of surprised, and then Mary doesn't really, like, want to drive. Like, I forget what. The first thing that they ask her to do is take the younger kids out for pizza. And the reason they do that is because uh, Annie wants to have sex in front of the fireplace. While eating pizza. Yes. Or eat pizza after having sex in front or of the fireplace. Or sex and then pizza. I don't know. Who knows what they like. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they... they they send uh, Mary out. Um, Mary, she's like, okay, I'll be back in a half hour. And Annie's like, no, take an hour. Um, Mary comes back, like, drops the pizza off, like, tries to walk away. And Annie's like, why aren't you happy about... They're like, this is post-sex, like, bliss. So she's like, why aren't you happy about the fact that you have a license? And all of a sudden, Mary starts tearing up. <laughs> she's like, it's just a lot of pressure, like... Driving is so I, much. It's such a responsibility. Like, I, it's it's too much for me right now. And as soon as she leaves, the Rev and Annie are oh. like, oh, those were fake tears. But they really didn't. It kind of looked like, like she was trying to hold them back. Yeah, I, yeah. Which, to me, doesn't say fake tears. Why would anyone... Hold back. If, yeah. Or, like, like, super, like, super acting, like... Yeah, like, oh, I want them to think that I... I don't know. So, um, they are, like, immediately onto it. And she goes up to her room. And Lucy... I think Lucy doesn't know up until this point, but she's like, oh, did you cry on your driving test? And Mary says yes, and, like, this is all your fault. 
Well, and Mary goes, this. I'm such an embarrassment to women drivers everywhere. And um, Lo- Lucy goes, the, it's not because you're crying that you're an embarrassment. It's because you can't parallel park. But then Lucy, like, before she storms out, it's like, actually, you're an embarrassment to all women everywhere because you cried. <laughs> and, and Mary's like, this was, you told me to do this. This was your idea. And honestly, Lucy is the embarrassment to all women everywhere for being... <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Well, anyway. Um, there's she, a l- to use, like, I don't know, just the using the crying to get their way all the time, like, to get her way all the time. Like, now Lucy, she's, Lucy does that. Yeah, so... Um, there's more of Lucy and Mary, like, fighting, where Lucy's like, you shouldn't be doing this. And Mary's says, like, this was your idea. Well, at one point, Lucy tells her that fake crying is a bad habit that needs to be broken before it gets out of control. So we obviously know that Lucy has not broken the habit before it got out of control. Um, and that, and as soon as Mary's, like, about to beat the shit out of her, um, Annie walks in, and then Mary, like, steps back and is crying again. She's like... It's just so hard. It's been such a long day. I'm so tired. <laughs> and Annie's like, go to bed. Yeah. And Lucy's like, it's 8.30. <laughs> That's what she sounded like when she said it, too. <laughs> Lucy and Annie's like, and she's had a long day. So, But the thing is, Annie doesn't give a shit about Mary. She just wants all the kids to go to bed so she can have sex again. <laughs> yes. Um, so the next day, um, Annie... There's, like, some back and forth. Mary's like, I don't want to drive the kids to school the next day. Um, so Annie is like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll drive with, with you yeah. or whatever. So Annie is in the front seat, and then they, when they get to school, Annie... Lucy's there as well. Yeah, Lucy's in the back. Um, so when they get to school, um, I guess Annie is, like, they're, they see the principal's car, and Annie's like, park behind that car. She wants to go inside to thank the driver's ed teacher for, like, teaching Mary so well that Mary got her license. Because Annie, at this point, has figured out that their da- daughter did something. Yeah. Uh, because, every, as, as Aaron said, everybody knows that Mary can't par- parallel park. So then, <laughs> let's just, like, set this up for you, like, physically. Um, there's two par- There's two cars parked with, like, a space in between, obviously, where Mary's supposed to go. But they are parked... <laughs> Like, next to a hill, right? So she goes to parallel park, and as everybody who is a driver or has seen anyone driving ever, when you parallel park, you back into the spot. So Mary backs into the spot, but backs up on top of the hill? Yeah. And she's, becomes completely she becomes vertical. Per- she's perpendicular yeah. to the cars that she was supposed exactly. to park next to in a parallel manner. Um, so and, she and she's just on the grass yeah. of the school. And she basically admits to Annie that um, she was asked to parallel park, couldn't do it, cried, and the guy felt sorry for her. Um, and she got out of it. So that's how she has her license. Um, I feel like the next little bit we have of this is that Matt... Lucy and Mary are all together, and Matt is trying to teach, because, like, she got her license. It's not like the Camdens are going to march down to the DMV and be like, you need to revoke her license. Well, that's the thing. That's what Lucy's initial idea was. Lucy's like, learn how to parallel park, go back, and get your license again. (laughs) That's not how the world works, but okay. So, um... So, so, like, Matt is trying to teach Mary how to parallel park, and they've kind of got, like, trash trash cans set up um, to... So, so simulate the cones and the park, and this is like where the cars are um, supposed to be. And she just sucks. She keeps on hitting. The, I think Mary's problem in driving is that she hits the gas too hard. You're when you're parking, yeah. you're supposed to just 
it's the brake you're meant to use. She and she also only like turns the wheel once. Like yeah. she wouldn't have ended up on that hill if she had like just you know I don't know a lot of different things. She's but she she yeah every every time that she, it's like too aggressive she hits the gas pedal way too hard and just backs straight into whatever she's supposed to be parking in between. We're led to believe that they've been doing this for so long that Lucy's like I can do this and Mary's like oh yeah so that Lucy gets up front and. Does it perfectly, which annoyed the shit out of me. I really wanted Lucy to be horrible. Because all of this was her fault. Yes. She created this entire problem. Well, I guess it's Mary's fault for not knowing how to parallel park. But right. also, I don't know. We is... like to blame things on Lucy, so. Yeah. She's terrible. Um, anyway, worse. I don't think this gets, like, resolved at all. Basically, Mary will never know how to parallel park. Yeah. Um, and nope. that's it. That's, that's it. How the, that, that's how that ends. The next thing I've written is just Annie Horndog. <laughs> no, yeah, Annie, Annie is... I mean, so yeah, we've that's already really said her, basically her storyline is just... Well, the day... I guess we could... I don't know. The day after the pizza incident, she, like, doesn't want to be touched at all. Like, yeah. Like, total, like, 180. Um, and we don't really get any idea why. It's I mean, just it's just... Pregnancy like, hormones yeah. do the things. Um, but I think... There are a few things that the Rev does over the course of the episode that also make her, like, want to, like, shut this down. So, but we'll get to that one, I guess, when we talk about the Rev. The Rev uh, storyline. Yeah. So let's go uh, to the other kids. Um, Simon and Ruthie. Well, it opens okay. on them watching TV. I think first what we have is we find out that the girl that the Rev is meeting is Dina. They're at the pool hall. Dina is having a hard time. What's breaking the... What is it in pool? Oh, oh yeah, breaking. Breaking? It's just breaking? Yeah. Oh, she's having a hard time breaking. If there's, I think that's like the comedy of the episode. We find out that she's really nervous. It's a hard time of year because um, she had she's in remission. She had leukemia. But every year around this time, she needs to get a physical to make sure that she's still in remission. Break the rack. Break the rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was break the something. Or someone thing here says smashing the rack. Nope, I don't think it's smashing the rack. That doesn't sound like... That sounds like something completely different. <laughs> yes. Um, so, um, we find out that that's the secret yeah. that um, not only... Poor 12-year-old Dina has been in an abusive relationship, has survived leukemia. And she says that. She's like, oh, breaking into Simon or whatever. She's like, he's only 12. And the Rev is like, you're only 12. And she's like, I'm an old 12. Because um, she's got all this life experience. Because so. she's so nervous about the physical, she's been treating Simon quite poorly. Uh, and this is when we get to now Simon and Ruthie on the couch watching a commercial for a psychic. Um, um. And Simon's kind of like, you know, ranting to, uh, to Ruthie about the fact that, you know, she was like cold to me. She didn't save me a seat during lunch. Like, we're getting think, distant. Yeah, I think we're going to... I think he says, like... No, he doesn't say, uh, oh, I think we're going to break up. Ruthie says it. She's like, oh, well, she's probably going to break up with you or whatever. They're just after... Like, Ruthie is... Um, Transfixed by yeah, the psychic. By by the psychic. So finally Simon turns off the TV and he's like, you're not even listening to me. Ruthie's like, I thought you were talking to Happy. But he repeats everything. And Ruthie's like, well, you're probably going to break up or whatever. Um, so this is like Simon is, like, very, very distressed about this. So Ruthie, because she is trying to be a good little sister... It's like, I know, let's call a sidekick and find out. And he's like, it's a sidekick. And she's like, what's a sidekick? Oh, was the what are we doing in this episode or the one before? Oh, it wasn't before. We missed the what are we doing. We missed the what are we doing last episode. Sorry. We let you all down, listeners. 
and we let ourselves down. Really, we're so disappointed in ourselves. I am. No, All I right. am. No, I am too. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That was sarc- I didn't mean Seems to sound sarcastic. Yeah. Um, so Ruthie come like there's a joke about sidekick sidekick. Uh, she calls a psychic, but what she does is she just calls the last, um, what? Like, the last seven digits. She doesn't do, like, because those numbers are, like, 900 or 800 numbers, so she doesn't dial the 900, and she just does, like, the 555-0111. No, 0191. So I think what their thing is that they, the the first five numbers are always the same, 555-01, and they just change the last two numbers, because the Camden house is 89 I this think 555 is, is the thing they always use on TV or movies, though, because that's not a real... It's the only thing that it won't, like... Take think, you to an actual number? Yeah, so if people, like... Call. Yeah, they're, they think they want to talk to their favorite TV character, <laughs> and they call those oh, numbers. okay. So that's just the thing on all TV and movies, for the most part, um, unless they're trying to, like, be... But, yeah, that's a 100% fake numbers. You will never get a real number that starts with 555, so. So she calls um, thinking she's reached a psychic, but instead she's reached our guest star of the episode, Mabel, who's played by Phyllis Diller. Um, Phyllis Diller is... What did I say? She's famous from a lot of stuff. No, she is. Uh, she was on The Love Boat, um, in, and then she was on a bunch of other things. Like, she starred, guest starred in, like, Boy Meets World, even Stevens. Um, she, like, was a voice actress for, like, either the A Bug's Life movie or the Ants movie. Um, she's huge. Yeah. Like, she's, her, her career spans over... Many decades. 30, 40 years, yeah. Yeah. So, that, that was, uh... Anyway, she plays... Now, I think this Mabel, Mabel is an old lady who's clearly very lonely because she decides to, like, entertain Ruthie on the phone. So she's like, I'm not a psychic. And Ruthie's like, yes, you are. Now tell me about my brother. For some reason, also, Ruthie keeps calling her Mabel, honey. Yeah, or, like, Mabel like, Sweetie or... Yeah. I don't know. Um, and... Mabel predicts that Simon and Dina are going to be together for, like, 50 years. The next years. 50 years. So, um... Ruthie I, reports back to Simon. Simon's all like, oh, a psychic said so. I'm, he's, like, relieved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a lot more, a little bit more of, like, Ruthie being the youngest who gets away with everything. When she's like, uh, the mom and dad won't know it was me making the phone call. I'm, like, the very last suspect on the list of children for, like, racking up the phone bill. Um, so now Simon's relieved. Uh, I think later that evening, Dina... Comes over. Like, yeah. Simon's in bed, and we get the idea that the entire Camden house is asleep. And then these great, like arrows that are like suction cup arrows that make these great noises when they hit the window hits hits Simon's window and he looks down and Dina is in the backyard and you made this realization in this scene yes so um Dina we mentioned the like the actress that plays Dina in an earlier episode when she first appeared but uh she is the sister, the real-life sister, of the actor who plays Dirty Boy George. Yes. Um, um, she's credited as Nicole Cherie, but her last name is Saletta, and the Dirty Boy George is Sam Saletta. Yeah. So. And I didn't realize this uh, until this episode, because I just looked at her face, and I was just like, They're that twins. Face. <laughs> they, like, they have the same face. 
Um, but they're not twins, right? You said that he's older. No, he's older, which I thought found surprising because she definitely looks, she looks older in yeah. my opinion. Uh, but she's there and she tells Simon, like, the reason that I've been acting the way I've been acting is because I had leukemia and I have a test coming. Like, she explains everything. I have a checkup coming up and these tests and, like, we need, you know, it's been in remission for five years, but... Um, that, of course, is always, like, with cancer, you know, can always change. So she's nervous, and she doesn't like, you know, the time of year when she has to go for her little checkup. So Simon doesn't really take this the right way. He kind of freaks out, um, and he's like, okay, well, I'm tired. I'm going to leave now. And Tina's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they say goodnight, and he walks back in, and I guess... I guess the Rev is coming down to get some replenishments because Annie's getting ready for around, like, seven. <laughs> and no, this... Oh, wait, th- does this happen that night? Yeah, or it's just, I it's, thought, he walks in, and the Rev is in his robe, Yeah, and he's getting something from the fridge. Whipped cream. <laughs> P- P- we know they like to play with pizza, oh. so... <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, and Simon is pissed at his dad. He's like, you knew this entire time, and you didn't warn me, you didn't tell me, and, like, you knew I like-liked her. And then he, like, stomps off, and that's the end of that. Um, the next day, I think the ref... Yeah, they, they go... Simon the, is like... The ref talks, talks to Simon, and, yeah. like, they have, like, a heart-to-heart. Simon's still a little pissed off, but he realizes that if this isn't about him, that he should be, like, like talking to Dina... Like, this is really hard on Dina, because it's her fucking life, not his. Yeah. Um, and the Rev is like, it's not really my... Yeah, it's not my place to tell. Yeah. Like, this is her life, and this was, like, she wanted to... Uh, anyway, Simon is like, oh, I realize, like, how insensitive. I, w- I don't exactly... Simon decides he needs to go apologize to Dina somehow through this conversation. So he, like, sneaks out of his class and goes to her gym class, which Dina is enamored by because it's such a rebellious thing he just did. Yeah, the, the coolest rebel thing ever. Um, and he basically, like, they make up, kind of, and she's, he's like, I hope you're okay, please let me know. But then he, like, oh, we forgot to mention, um, before all of this happens, Ruthie calls Mabel again uh, and asks to tell what... Oh, what's going to happen at Dina's, Dina's di- checkup? Yeah. And Mabel's like, Mabel at first is like, I don't want to answer that question because I'm not a psychic. And also. <laughs> and also, I don't want to say, like, she's fine. And she's never going to get, like, her cancer will never come back and be wrong because that's horrible. But, like, Ruthie's like, no, tell me. So Mabel's like, uh, tell her that everything will be okay. Um, so that's what Ruthie tells Simon. And then that's what Simon tells Dina. And Dina hits him with a basketball. <laughs> Because she's like, why would you ever tell me that? Like, what, like, well, she said, what would you say if the psychic said that I was going to die? Like, what would you tell me then? Like, this is a horrible... Are you going to believe everything the psychic says? Like, stop including me in your stupid shenanigans? Like... Yeah. And then, like, the gym teacher shows up. Well, they, they reconcile. Like A, a little they, bit. I, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, well, like, Simon apologized and realized, yeah. like, I mean, I could see how he might not see that the psychic thing was so, like, I don't know if he's it's still, not in good taste. Because he's, like, he's, like, 12, and it's, yeah. like, the gravity of, like, cancer might not be, like, the same yeah, yeah, right. for him as it would be for, like, a child who's, like, well, five, you know. Um, in this scene, we learn that um, Dina is not afraid to die 
Or afraid to live. Or afraid to live. Because before she was afraid to die, and that's why she was afraid to live. Yeah. Which is poignant. So, after Dina leaves, like, the gym teacher comes in and he sees Simon, I guess, like, in the girls' locker room or something, and you think he's going to get... I thought he was going to get in trouble, but the gym teacher is like, oh, my God, I... I survived. I've been in remission for 20 years. Yeah, and he's like, you should tell... I don't know, he doesn't say you should tell Dina that, but he's like... No, Simon wants wants him to tell Dina. Yeah, he's like, have you told her? And he's like, it never came up. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. that's... How would that come up? Um, And Simon's like, can you make it come up? But this is never, like, brought up again in the episode. I mean, I guess we're just supposed to get the idea that maybe sometime off screen it happened and then Dina got some good news, like, from someone who who has the same thing as her, who's like been healthy for 20 years so all right um that's really so simon spends the rest of the episode waiting for the phone to ring to find out what's going to happen um no phone call yet he's getting really distressed and upset about it um at some point annie finds out about these phone call shenanigans with (laughs) mabel he she calls it mabel and they become buddies yeah (laughs) she's like because she's like are you a psychic and she's like i told ruthie that i'm not a psychic but she keeps calling me anyway (laughs) and then mabel is like I don't mind because I'm, like, lonely, and I'm I'm here all the time, and I'm alone. And Annie's like, oh, well, it sounds like you could use a friend. Maybe we'll stay in touch. And then, like, Ruthie gets, like, a little kind of, like, slap on the wrist again for... Because Annie's, like, all of Ruthie's trouble with the phone, but the, only, the last time I remember her being in trouble was when she was calling the, like, emergency contacts. Like, yeah. That was, like, season one or two? No, that was two. Okay, but early, like, when, you know, like, oh, this is my class list, early in the season. But, like... Ruth, Lucy, I feel like the writers forgot that Lucy was the one who had just been in trouble with the phone and not Ruthie. And they were like, oh, well, we'll just pretend that Ruthie has these issues as well. Finally, um, Dina uses the same arrow tactic that she used before. Um, The arrow hits the window. Simon comes outside and she's perfectly fine. And also she's wearing a victory hat. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it, but she's continuing to be the master of... This isn't even 90s fashion. No, I don't it's even just know. fashion. It's just fashion. She's just... Fashion forward. Yes, incredibly <laughs> fashion forward. She is... Um, like, if Outfit of the Day existed back in 1998, <laughs> she would be killing it. She'd be an Instagram star. <laughs> She'd have a blog. People would follow her. She'd probably be a YouTube star. Everything. All of the things. So, Dina's still killing it with the hats. And also... The cancer isn't killing her. So yes. she's... Ah, uh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> All right. Well, well. she is... She's, fi- she's fine. She's good. She's 100% okay. And everything is okay in their relationship. Yeah. And they have a new friend, Mabel, who actually does come back. Really? Oh, episodes. Phyllis Diller comes back? Not many, but some episodes. And I guess now it's time for uh, the main storyline. I guess. So as we mentioned in the cold open, Matt thinks he sees Aunt Julie. So... He, I guess after class, he goes back to where, to the the motel or apartment building that he saw her going into, and he just kind of... Finds the room Yeah, he knows exactly what apartment or room she's in. So before he comes in, she spots him, and she, like, tries to tidy up, and while she's tidying up, she finds, she, like, moves what appears to be and is, like, a whiskey bottle. Um, That's, like, half empty. Yeah. So... Matt, Matt like, comes in. They reunite. We find out that Aunt Julie has moved here because she's working. She found a new job uh, 
working as a teacher in a new school district. And Seventh Heaven did it again, in which Matt keeps Im- like implying that like they're in a bad neighborhood, um, and this is signaled by, I guess, just like the lack of upkeep in the motel or whatever, but also sirens just going by like constantly. That's that's how you know yeah. it's a bad neighborhood. Um, so Matt is like, oh, like you should talk to my dad. He could have gotten you a better job. Um, in a better school district, which I also had a problem with because, like... What if this is where Julie wanted to work? What if she actually wants to, like, change, like, the impact that she's having? Like and having a, yeah, yeah, especially because she said, like, I'm really enjoying, like, my work there. I'm hoping I can move my way up to principal one day. Uh, we find out that she left New York because she wanted to get by on her own. Or this is what she tells Matt. Uh, she doesn't, like, she didn't want to get be smothered by... Uh, her parents, uh, she couldn't find a job in New York because all of her references would have said she got fired because of her alcoholism. Um, Which I also feel like would be like, I don't know, when you're like recovering, is that, you can't, you can't I don't know, just that nobody would give her a reference. be like, Or she couldn't go to an interview and say like, hey, that was in the past and now I am, I don't know, mm, on I the don't wagon. Know. I, don't, I don't think Seventh Heaven thought thinks that far ahead. Yeah, but I don't know, I'm sure that's like not any kind of discrimination right. or anything, but... So uh, we find out that she's been sober for 25 weeks. Months. Months. You're right. <laughs> 25 months, some odd weeks, and some odd hours. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like seven days. I don't, actually, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. She didn't say the hours, but she did give the days. days. But uh, I don't remember. So Matt's like, okay, like that sounds good, but. He's still a bit like. Skeptical because he thinks she's acting weird and he doesn't totally buy her story. About, about being smothered in New York, so... And I don't think he actually believes that she has a job. Um, oh, yeah, that seems to be, um, like, questionable as well. We see a couple of scenes where he, like, is parked outside of her... Well, first he tells the Rev and Annie well, that before, he had... Oh. Before that, he's parked outside of, um, at nighttime, and she seems to be with, like, an older gentleman... And Julie's like, bye. <laughs> That's exactly how she says it, too. Um, and before, before, I'm sorry, we forgot to mention in this conversation, she specifically says, don't tell your parents I'm here. I need some time before I'm ready. Um, like, it's really hard. We find out in another scene, uh, which is before that happens, uh, what you were talking about. He he tells the Reverend Annie that he had a dream that Aunt Julie was back in town. And the Rev and Annie immediately are like, oh, our kids are such bad liars. And I'm like, again, why do they just jump to, like, they must be lying. Um, so that's kind of, I don't know, that they then they start to get suspicious. Cu- suspicious and they both start doing their own investigating. But Matt goes back, even though after, when he sees Aunt Julie with the older man, She's like, please stop coming here. Like, leave me alone for now. Like, I'll get in touch with your family when I'm ready. And then he comes back again, and she's like, I told you. Like, she yells at him because she's like, I told you to leave me alone. Like, please just. And Matt's like, I'm just worried about you. And she's like, that's the problem. That's why I left New York, because everybody was constantly worried about me, and it's too much of a burden on me for people to worry about me. Let me do this on my own. And he's like, but I'm worried. (laughs) And she's like, stop. So... Then in separate, like, after he tells the Reverend Annie about the the dream, we have two separate scenes during the day, I guess, when Julie is at work. Annie somehow finds the school that she is working at. No, no, no. Julie calls Annie. Oh. All right, I missed this. Yeah, Julie calls Annie, like, specifically. 
to be like, I'm here. Annie comes and visits her at the school. Um, she like Annie sees how happy she is, how be- how much better she's doing. And Julie says, like, I'm not ready to see your, like, my brother, your husband. Yeah. And we also learn that the older man is, like, her new sponsor or, like, he's he's a counselor at the rehab center that she had been in. So there's, like, nothing, like, weird going on there. Um, and, like... Me- meanwhile. Yeah, and Annie... But meanwhile, um, Matt goes and tells the Rev, like, and Julie's back and I think she's drinking. So the Rev takes it upon himself to break into... Julie's apartment or motel room when she's still at work. Uh, and I guess, um, well, she had hidden it before, but... Um, she's left the bottle out. Yeah, it's on the coffee table. And when she comes in from work the day that Annie went to go visit her, the Rev is sitting on her couch, and she's like, how did I know this was going to happen? Uh, they have a confrontation where Julie's basically like, I'm okay, I can do this all on my own, this is what I like didn't want. And he's convinced that she's back drinking again and he's like let me get you into a treatment center and they kind of like have a fight that doesn't really get resolved in that moment yeah so uh when the rev gets when the rev gets home he kind of like decompresses with matt and then annie kind of gets wind yeah of what they've been doing um and annie is like well how could you like maybe you should talk to because the Rev says, like, there was a half-full bottle of whiskey on the coffee table. And Annie's like, well, why didn't you ask your sister about it? And why don't you actually, like, talk to her about the things that, you know, and when she's ready. Um, and she also says, like, you know she does have a job, and I saw her, and she's doing really well. And Yeah, and Matt and the Rev clearly thought that the job was, like, made up. They're like, wait, wait, seriously? She's working? So they feel bad. And to preempt some sort of, like, wacky encounter, uh, Aunt Julie just kind of shows up at the house. Yeah. Well, she says, like, oh, I knew that the two of you would, like, come looking for me anyway, so I'm just, I'm just here for, you know, for you to, I don't know, apologize, which they don't. Um, but she basically explains that, um, the bottle belongs to her ex-sponsor, the one from New York. Yes, uh, and he died of natural causes, and this is the last bottle that he drank from 30 years ago. And he kept it as some sort of, like... Like strength, like, you know... Like, this. Uh, look at how much I've done. And the only thing he left to her was the bottle. As, like, if I can do it, you can do it too. But she got overwhelmed by it, and I guess the people around her in New York saw her being overwhelmed and thought that she was slipping again, and she couldn't handle, like... The pre- the, peop- the outs- people on the outside putting pressure on her and, like, thinking that, you know, she was going to relapse. So she came to California uh, to, like, near Glen Oak because she knew this... Well, she said, this is where my friends are and this is where you are. I don't know what friends she's talking about. But, oh, maybe the people that she met at the treatment center. I guess, yeah. Um, and this is, like, where she started her new life. And everybody's crying, and she asks the Rev to keep the bottle safe for her because she's still taking it minute by minute or hour yeah. by hour, and she's like, maybe one day I'll get to one day at a time. So that's really, and like I said, the Rev and Matt do not apologize for, like, number one, breaking into her apartment, jumping to all these conclusions. Um, yeah, he doesn't have, the Rev hasn't learned his lesson at all, because at the end he's like, wait, is there any way that I can give you some money for the cab? And Matt's like, stop it. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that's it. And Julie's back in Glen Oak, which... She's teaching. 
good stuff, or maybe not Glen Oak. She's in the bad neighborhood. Um, she's somewhere in between wherever Matt goes to school and wherever Matt lives at home. Yeah, That's yes. where she is. <laughs> yeah, his school shortcut. So, I like we said at the beginning, I was bored by this episode. This was a very boring episode. Um, Too serious. Not even. It was just even the things that were supposed to be entertaining, like the whole psychic stuff. Or the driving, like, oh, Mary's such a bad driver, and I was like, she's acting like a fool. (laughs) She's not even trying. (laughs) And, like, I mean, I guess, like, Annie being horny was okay. (laughs) Like, that was new. So anyway, oh, yeah, so what I was saying before was that, like, when the, you know, part of the things that, like, start to turn her off is, like, when the Rev was, like, meddling in Julie's life. Like, Annie's, like, because... I think when he gets home from Julie's, like, he's, like, comes and tries to, like, kiss her or whatever. And she's, like, no, I know where you were. <laughs> Leave her alone. No, he, he's, like, is there something that I've done differently that you, that like, you're suddenly won't even touch me? Or I can't even touch you. And she's, like, it's just how it is. I mean, you, you, like, for some reason, our, my daughter, uh, one of our daughters can cry and the other one can't. Um, oh. Like, your sister's an alcoholic like, and you're, you're not. not. Um, you uh, are meddling. In some kids are sick, sick and some, some aren't, and you're like, like, stop meddling. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and she's like, these are your words from your sermon. And he's like, and then he's like I love you. <laughs> he's so turned on by his own words. I know. Uh, uh. And she's like, <laughs> and she's, and he goes to kiss her and she's like, no, and yeah. walks away. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm going to probably give this one another 1.5. This wasn't any better than... I'm going to give it a solid one, the full Lucy. You're giving this the full Lucy? The full Lucy. All right. Well... It was the worst. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess the Lucy is the worst moment is definitely when she was, like, talking about it, what a bad habit, crying... Um, uh, yeah, when she says that, that Mary's an embarrassment to all women is my yeah. worst moment. <laughs> um, I think my I think my best candidate will probably be Ruthie for the first and only time. No, it's Annie. I was going to say Simon. No, I don't know if it's Annie. It is Annie. It's Annie. Horny Annie is my best Camden. <laughs> <laughs> you were so disgusted during the episode, but now you are so pleased by it. Um, it was the only good thing. Yeah, I'm going to go with Simon because, I mean, he tried, I guess. He made everything about himself. Maybe not. I don't know. These ones that are kind of like duds, I just can't. Like Julie. Julie's my, f- she's a Camden. Yeah, Julie's a Camden. You're right. <laughs> Julie wins best Camden. Julie wins because she's just trying to get it together. And she's like, I need some time alone to do this. And no one is respecting her. Um, to get to our social media... <laughs> Um, you can type in twitter.com backslash Camden Cast Show. Actually, I don't know if you can do that. No, you can. Okay. Uh, or Instagram.com slash backslash uh, Camden Cast Show. Or you can search those things if you have the apps. Um, or you could do Facebook.com slash Camden Cast. Yeah. Backslash Camden Cast. Or subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. I have been Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this was Camden Cast. <laughs>